This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey, everybody. Welcome aboard. My name is Adam Ritz, and you are on with the Adam Ritz Show. We're a public affairs broadcast covering philanthropy and charity work and health and fitness and all things good in the world and in our country that hopefully uh, make your community a better place. Joining me on the phone is Jay Baker. Jay, how are you? I am doing great. It's another fine addition. The award-winning Adam Ritz show. Well, my mom says so. She says it's her favorite public <laughs> affairs show. So yes, it is the award-winning show. Uh, I wanted to start this week with um, uh, sort of a, a general nod of the hat to uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital and all the research uh, that they do because of the radiothons that have been going on across the country. This is the time of year where uh, radio stations give back with a lot of their airtime. So pat on the back to every single broadcast facility that uses their airwaves to try to raise money for the greater good. And uh, this week I heard uh, one of my buddies who has a morning show, uh, they did their St. Jude Radiothon where they um, really they forego their commercial spots where they break for commercials and just play music and talk about St. Jude's and children's cancer and raise money and encourage their listeners to call in and partner with them. Uh, and through the partnership and a monetary donation, they, they end up raising thousands and thousands of dollars. And with all of the radio stations across the country that do this, millions and millions of dollars are raised uh, for great causes like St. Jude's. Uh, one of the things he said, Jay, um, and I'm not going to get this right, but I, I I know I got the percentage right, but there's a certain form of, of blood can- cancer um, that affects children. And X amount of years ago, here's where I, I did, I guess I wasn't paying that close attention, but X amount of years ago, this... Um, Rare blood cancer uh, affected uh, 94% of uh, a certain group of children. And Mm -hmm. today, through the St. Jude's organization, that's been knocked down to 4%. So it's been a 90% uh, increase in, uh, you know, efficiency, I guess, uh, in helping kids, which goes to show you, you know, sometimes when you give to a, a... a cancer research, uh, sometimes you might feel like this is um, futile, like, you know, is are they ever going to cure cancer? When is this going to help? It is helping. I'm telling you, all of the research, all of the funding, there are numbers and math working in our favor as a society, as a human race, and it is helping. And someday there will be a cure. So don't be uh, discouraged by what you may or may not think of the C word, uh, keep giving. Don't be afraid to give because uh, that 90% is such a huge number in helping these kids through the the St. Jude uh, research facility. Well, and you and I know that uh, this pediatric uh, research needs to go on because uh, in the world of medicine, pediatric medicine can be very different from adult medicine. I belong to a social club where one of the members 
granddaughter had a very rare form of eye cancer. And you always say, of all the things in this world, she got the opportunity to be treated at what is now considered a world-class pediatric facility. And why? Well, because they specialize in pediatric medicine. And our social club, uh, their big fundraiser each year is to raise money for pediatric cancer. And I had the woman come out from the hospital and thank us personally that you know, that every little bit does help. And she's glad that people care. And then we also ran into a situation where there was a number of matching funds for the money that we raised. So the club raised close to $50,000, but there were two or three matching grants that made that gift well over $100,000. And as you said, this is just guys having fun, but also saying, let's do something real and substantive that actually helps. And I think there's a great message in here, too, that uh, if if a lost soul like Jay Baker <laughs> can be part of a social club that, that does this much good, I think about the social clubs you were involved with back in 1978. <laughs> yes. Uh, there, anytime you hear Jay Baker and social club, you say, I have questions, yeah. but I'm telling you that this had a very positive uh, outcome, so yes. <laughs> Much like your mom used to say, nothing good happens after midnight, she also said, don't go to a social club with Jay Baker. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but but now you can, because he's doing no, good work. absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's funny you said that. Hey, uh, going into the meat and potatoes of our show, we have uh, we do try to sort of glean uh, through our many sources to find some things that could be very helpful to our listeners. And I thought this was interesting. Tension headaches and migraines are the most common types of head pains, yet the exact source of these uh, conditions have completely eluded experts until now. There was a research team in Germany that has tied your headache into your facial muscles and a very specific muscle that's in your back. Really? Yeah, so that at least allows them now to sort of pinpoint what the problem might be. Now, Adam, you and I, we should have paid attention in school. That's why we went into radio. But I know you know a thing or two about muscles. Mm -hmm. And the main muscle that's connected with uh, tension headaches and migraine headaches is the trapezius muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, you know you do shrugs to work out on that muscle, um, and I absolutely can attest and agree with when that muscle is uh, you know inflamed or in pain or stretched or needs needed or worked through. Um, I can see how it's connected to your headaches, for sure. Yeah. Researchers found that those suffering from tension-type headaches and migraines showed a higher strain in neck and trapezius muscles. So headaches literally result from a pain in the neck. What about the pain? What about the muscles uh, in your face? You're saying that it's also connected to muscles in your face, so it's like... Well, what happens is your facial muscles get very tense 
when you have these types of headaches. And that's part of why a migraine can be so miserable because you literally, not only does your head hurt, but your face and your neck and everything hurts. Is, I'm sure you're familiar with the term RBF which uh, we can't really say in full on this broadcast, but it stands for resting word that starts oh, with a yes, B, yes, yes, face. Yes. So I would assume that um, the muscles in your face, you know, I mean, it just question, I, it, bring, it begs the question, which came first, the headache or the RBF? Because well, I would assume the muscles in your face cause the headache, but the headache is causing RBF. <laughs> yes, and someone's attitude is causing me to have a headache. No, yeah. I get exactly what you mean. Uh, experts conclude that inflammation in the neck, which could develop for several reasons, including, and these are some things that we can all do to sort of help ourselves. Uh, I, knock on wood, so rarely get headaches, but I have some friends who have some headaches, uh, migraine-oriented headaches that can debilitate them for a day and a half at a time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I knew a guy, worked with a guy who had them uh, almost every day, and he had uh, prescription medication to deal with these migraines every day. And there were times where he, he couldn't come to work for three or four days in a row because of the migraines and the pain uh, from the migraines. I just can't imagine. Yeah, it's one of those things where hey, you can't come into work. The bad news is you're not doing something fun like playing golf or something. It's like, no, you're in a darkened room. Uh, in complete uh, yeah, misery. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad. So the uh, they've said that the, it, part of this has been tied to bad posture, lack of sleep, injury, and stress. They think that those may be the biggest links to tension headaches and migraines. So obviously we've always said everything in moderation, uh, but be aware that stress, uh, which sounds like a little bit of a duh, hey, I have a headache. Are you very stressed? Why, yes I am. You know, yeah. you're almost like, didn't take a huge research jump to do that, but mm -hmm. they have tied it into special muscles and they do say that now that that could help develop some cures and some treatments for these headaches and migraines. And this was an interesting statistic because I'm a big fan when they do these studies. Two out of three adults in the U.S. suffer from tension headaches. Two out of three. That is an Two out of three. That's a lot. And 37 million Americans suffer from migraine headaches. Uh, so it's significant. Well, I uh, hope uh, that if you do have back pain, uh, you have somebody that can provide you with a, a quick back rub. Uh, I know uh, my Melissa has uh, some back pain here and there, and I, I do a lot of back rubs. They're, uh, you know, my knuckles sort of kneading in between her shoulder blades to get that tension out, and uh, it does help. You know what helps, uh, yes. Jay, too, is uh, we, we recently, well, a couple of years ago, purchased a, um, a massage gun. Have you seen one of these? No, but I've heard about them. It, uh, it's a game changer, and more for her than me. I use it occasionally on my legs and my calf muscles, but, uh, I mean, it looks like a gun, and it vibrates at uh, a couple hundred million RPMs per second, uh, and there's different, <laughs> uh, different things you can put, different sort of heads you can put on it to, um, like a big, giant, uh, 
like round shaped ball versus uh, um, a sort of a pronged approach to get, get right. in between your muscles. There's a prong. And, you know, while we're watching TV, she'll get down on the floor. I'll get behind her with this massage gun and get into her back in between her shoulder blades. And it makes her feel like a different person. So if you're having the neck and uh, back pain issues, headaches, uh, they're really not that expensive. You can get a pretty decent one for 50 or 60 bucks and they go a long way. Well, especially, yeah. I mean, it causes a lot of suffering. So it's definitely worth looking into. One of the things we love is, can you have a good time and raise money at the same time? That way, you puts a smile on your face and you get results. There is a Formula One driver, and I bring this up because Formula One famously had three races in the United States this year, including the big granddaddy spectacle of them all, the Formula One race in Las Vegas that people are that. still kind of talking about. It was kind of an entertainment and spectacular, and much of the racing and qualifying happened at night, which is perfect for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. They love to get lights out and have fun with it. So this guy's name is Valtteri Bodas. Valtteri Bodas has raised $150,000 for men's health charity Movember after a, now this is the other pronunciation, Bodass 2024 calendar featuring photographs of him bearing his backside sped off the shelves. I thought, I thought you were going to say the, the calendar featured pictures of his mustache or his beard because of you the think. money raised for men's health yeah. in Movember. Um, okay, well, that was... Uh, that's a PG thirteen um, charity uh, because it was. Are you seeing actual pictures of his behind or the back yeah, of his race car? Ha- what happened is, though his actual behind. What happened is, uh, this is my good friend Instagram. I know so little bit about it, <laughs> but this uh, this uh, this Alfa Romeo uh, driver uh, got the idea um, because his girlfriend took a picture of him lying naked in a stream in Colorado. So they had a little off time before the race. And I guess they were far enough out into nature that, you know, the girlfriend said, Hey, you know, uh, no one's looking. So apparently she took the picture and they put it on Instagram and it was a huge hit. So they got the idea for the calendar. The initial run of the calendar was 10,000 with $5.46 from each calendar going to prostate cancer research. Uh, The calendars were sold out. The second printing sold out. The good news is, if you are so inclined, you can get your own copy of the calendar, which has now been reprinted for the third time, and the proceeds do go to prostate cancer research. That is an amazing story. Usually uh, an ill-conceived half-nude picture <laughs> yes. on Instagram leads to very bad news and bad consequences. That's not yes. a good decision, but in this case, it led to $150,000 being raised for Movember in men's health and prostate cancer research. So, yeah, okay, absolutely. that's a twist. Now, if you want to get your calendar, and I know, Adam, you do, it's at uh, Bodice. Dot com. That's B O T T A S S. That's his name. That's his first name. 
uh, Valtteri is his first name, and his uh, last name is is technically Bottas, but this is the bot ass calendar. That that is uh, a very perfect last name for this story. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, you know how it is. You're kind of a cool fit guy. Your girlfriend is well. She's a professional cyclist from Australia. So she's fit and has fun, too. So it's kind of like, hey, at first they took the picture, just, whoa, look at this. And then they had fun with it, which was good. Um, The uh, college football national championship is coming up and not without a little controversy, as always. We don't need to delve into that again. But this is an interesting story. Four-fifths of the Power Five football stadiums now serve alcohol. That, that is very interesting. I mean, it, was, it doesn't seem like that long ago when I was in college, and you would have been arrested by campus police, city police, state police, if you were in the stadium with a beer. And yes. now uh, there are you know 21-year-olds walking around the stadium with two or three Coors Lights in their hands, and they look like they're 15 because they're so young-looking. And I'm just like, where was this back in the early 90s when I was in college? You're absolutely correct. And, you know, I didn't really think it through, but I remember, and I'm sure everybody has a similar story, Uh, but I have been lucky enough. uh, My dad used to take us to a handful of professional sports games, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, hockey or baseball or football, and you get kind of used to, hey, you're in a stadium setting. If you're over the age of 21 and you're being responsible, Go ahead and have a cold one while you're watching your team. And then I remember uh, my buddy drags me off to a Big Ten football game. And I asked the usher, I said, when does the beer guy come around? You would have thought that I had asked the usher, (laughs) can I stay at your house tonight? Because the look on his face was like, oh, that's right. This is college football. But, yes, apparently uh, more and more schools are going the beer route. Um, And it is a way to boost revenue and attract more fans to the live game experience. So that's something that you don't always think about. You know, we've chatted before on this show. You and I are both big advocates for the responsible use of anything. And certainly alcohol is right up there. But thankfully, the majority of people don't have a problem with alcohol. So if you say to yourself, hey, I could have a beer or two and enjoy the game. Uh, apparently, this is helping college football. Yeah, and I have noticed that it, it, it's not, uh, you know, we would never really do any story to support uh, the abuse of alcohol. Uh, I've, I've noticed in the stadiums I've been to um, that there isn't uh, much or any abuse of the alcohol, partly because right. there's just not enough time. I mean, in a, right. a college football game's three hours long, they cut off alcohol sales in the fourth quarter, so you've only got three quarters to, right. um, you know, if it, worst case scenario, you get so drunk you can't stand up. I don't know how many beers it would actually take to pull that off. I know it'd take more than you could drink in two quarters. So, not to mention the fact that you'd need a small fortune to buy those well, beers. Well, there you go. So really, it's <laughs> the beer sales uh, in, a, in a college stadium are just for, what, like what you just said, for you to have a couple of beers and enjoy the game. So if you have two beers, I'm guessing they're about nine bucks each. 
Oh, so, yeah. So you got to have a $20 bill just to enjoy a couple of uh, cans of liquid. So, I mean, I don't even know if – I love Diet Coke. I'm not spending $20 on Diet Coke to watch uh, a, fo- a football game. So, yeah. So, you know, I don't know how much you have to love beer to actually want to drink two at a game and spend 20 bucks. Uh, I know there are people that do it uh, and that have plenty of money, and that's not, that's not a big deal to them. For the rest of us, 20 bucks is a lot. So, if you were going to actually get so drunk that you were going to be a danger to yourself and others, you'd need, you know, $250 in your pocket to buy beer. Well, and I think, like you said, I think perhaps the best news about this is most college students are under the age of 21, so they wouldn't even be served in the stadium in the first place. And most of the other fans, it tends to be a more walking environment. So as you said, as you walk out of the stadium, as you walk back to where your friends parked or whatever, it does give you sort of an excellent chance to assess yourself and not drive home drunk. I thought this was interesting. It's literally 55 of the 69 Power 5 schools, including Notre Dame. So you would tend to think, well, surely Notre Dame doesn't have beer, but of course, come on in and have a beer and enjoy the Fighting Irish. I wonder, do you have any uh, of the schools that are not on that list? You know, I don't, but that would be an an interesting interesting list. uh, I'm going to guess Brigham Young would be on that list without question you you can't even have a diet coke there no uh you cannot so uh yeah so i I think you know it's up to the individual schools to decide but the reason i brought up the story is you know that is a very different environment from the one that you and i were involved in and we're not ancient people so yeah it does show kind of a weather change if you will well these schools need that extra revenue stream too to be able to pay the NIL money to the quarterback they need that's in the transfer portal. Portal. Wow. You talk about uh, a convoluted, uh, we could do a whole story on that, name, image, likeness. Yeah. And I, as you said, a top flight quarterback, you need almost as much money for him as an NFL team would need for its starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Now, when I saw this story, Adam, I said, Adam's the wish to every uh, wish that he's ever had. It's all come true. Uh, There is a new win. The fans of chocolate, and this is just in time for the holiday, cocoa extract has been shown to have cognitive health benefits, more so for older adults, but that you and I are rapidly becoming older adults. That's This is the best story ever. So it is the best story ever, but the only bad thing, and they haven't ironed out all the research, the amount of chocolate that you would have to get, you would probably have to eat about 600 calories worth of dark chocolate just to sort of get the amount that you need on a daily basis. And that's not particularly good for you to eat 600 calories of dark chocolate and i'm gonna guess adam you're a big chocolate lover your first go-to would probably not be dark chocolate yeah you know i went through a dark chocolate period where i thought i liked it and now i realize it's just it's bitter it's it's i don't enjoy it uh as much yeah. and 
but I'm telling you, 600 calories of anything is a breeze for me to eat. That's not a lot. That's really not I a lot. I could knock that out before breakfast. I mean, I could, I could eat 600 calories of Hostess Ding Dongs in probably 24 <laughs> seconds. Sadly, the uh, the uh, research study does not cover ding-dongs. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the best? Well, it says right here, if you eat about 20 of these, uh, you're going to live longer. Yeah, not Now, not you're going to need some pretty big pants, but you will live longer. So dark chocolate <laughs> is where the health benefits are. Yeah, and the good news is, is that it might make you sort of be more inclined to select uh, dark chocolate if you can. And there are some other, uh, the actual ingredient you're looking for is called flavanol. There are some flavanol-rich foods such as tea, citrus fruit, berries, red wine, apples, beans, and some other legumes, as we like to say. I've heard uh, that's, uh, that's a science term, baby. I, I've heard if you, to indulge yourself with a little bit of a health consciousness involved, you should have uh, a glass of red wine and some dark chocolate. There's, there you there's go. Some so, sort of health benefit to the wine, uh, but like Jay says, you don't want to eat. Uh, don't drink four bottles of wine and have a box of ding dongs. That's not what we're saying. Say, what did we get from the Adam Work Show? <laughs> I had a box of ding dongs and a full bottle of red wine. I don't think it helped me at all. Uh, And it gave me a headache. They were telling me how to get rid of my headaches. (laughs) Then I picked up Uncle Lou at the Power 5 Stadium, and he was lit up, too. So, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of health benefits and listening to us, we do try to provide you with some uh, good insight for your health. But more Americans are trusting. This is not unexpected at all, what I'm about to tell you. More Americans are trusting social media and healthcare websites to give them health advice over that of a medical professional. Yeah, that and that can be dangerous. Yeah, you got to be a little careful of that. They did a research among U.S. adults and said that many turn to the web for information on health before their physician. Most people looked at healthcare websites. That was about 53%. But some check social media. We've talked a little bit about the advent of TikTok. And TikTok just seems so, what's the word, accommodating, uh, meaning that, you know, the people that have, that are well-liked on TikTok are because they, quote, engage their audience. Well, that part of that may be telling your audience what they want to hear. That's exactly uh, what social media is. You, you know, yeah. you tell your audience what they want to hear. So if you if you're looking for health advice and health tips from your social media, you're going to get advice like eat a box of ding dogs and drink a <laughs> bottle of wine because that's what you yes. want to hear. That's engagement. Yes, absolutely. So you got to be careful of that. Nearly three quarters of Americans believe. Now here was the whole thing from this. Obviously, some people are getting information sourced from their doctors and that's what we would recommend 10 out of 10 times but nearly three quarters of americans believe they have a better understanding of their personal health than their doctor does (laughs) so that's the kind of scary element to this that yeah that is um that is that cannot be true that's a mathematical impossibility (laughs) as we like to say yeah But, uh, yeah, kind of a little bit scary. Well, uh, I don't want to go over this too much, but let's, uh, like, touch on the high points because we are heading into the winter weather season. And there is a wealth of information 
on a government website. Yes, we're the first to complain about our government, but our government says, let me help you out. If you go to ready.gov, that's just a, that's the a word ready.gov. It's a great website. That's a great name. I can remember that. Ready.gov. What does it tell me? Yeah. Well, here's uh, their highlight for ready.gov. Winter storms create a higher risk. And when you think about this list, you go, some of this is obvious and some of this is like, well, I never thought of it that way. But winter storms create a higher risk for car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Those are the main areas where all of a sudden people are reporting to the emergency room um, above the fact that there is now a winter storm. And the winter storm itself is can be wildly inconvenient, as you might imagine. The uh, ready.gov people have pointed out that winter storms could last a few hours or several days. And you could be in a situation where you are cut off from heat, power, and communication services. Yeah, and you just mentioning the um, heart attacks in a winter storm situation. If you are not used to exerting yourself uh, in a, at a high level, and all of a sudden uh, you're in the driveway with five coats on, and you've been shoveling hundreds of pounds of snow for the last two hours, that's a red flag. That might be um, the point where your heart can't take that much exertion. So be aware uh, of that kind of scenario. Jay, thank you so much. I want to, again, say ready.gov is where that information is. Um, always great to have you on the program, Jay. And for our listeners, uh, have fun this holiday season, this winter season. Be safe, be happy, be healthy. We thank you for listening to the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Adam Ritz. And on Instagram, Jay's favorite, I am at Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at Vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit AdamRitzShow.com.